<laughs> Stonecutters Podcast. Aaron Hankins. Will Catlett. In the building. In the building. How you doing tonight, Will? Man, I'm feeling good, man. Um, I'm seeing you getting your garage set up. I'm so excited about that. Um, you can't see here, but we got boxes lined up. Because, uh, you know, we're getting ready to make our move, too. So I think last time we was on a podcast, I was talking about, you know, getting into the house. But, you know, we don't raise our money in, 40, in, in 10 days, you know what I'm saying? So it's on. I'm out of here, bro. Congratulations. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's happening. We were talking, into the future. We were talking uh, prior to the podcast that you were telling me about a cycle. And a mm-hmm. cycle and a cycle of asking. So like you secured the amount of money that you needed for the escrow, but you were telling me that it got kind of down to the last hour or the last couple hours and you just you were exhausted because you said you were kept asking everybody, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I was telling you about, you know, when people see you on TV shows and movies, they expect that you have, and there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes in life, you have to humble yourself. And you have to make yourself of no reputation and you have to go back to asking people who are already willing to help you. There were so many friends that I called that I thought was like, ah, you know, I don't want to give them a call. I don't know. And then I would call them like my boy Sinqua, who uh, plays Don Cornelius, right, on uh, uh, the BET joint, right? So the Soul Train thing, beautiful brother, great brother who I love, right? And I wasn't going to call him. But he texted me about a podcast that came out with Rick Rubin and Andre 3000. And I said, brother, since you hit me up, brother, I got to let you know because I wasn't going to call you. But listen, I had this amount of money to get in escrow. I got this amount to get to get out of escrow. And as I'm talking to him, he said, you know what, bro? You need this crib. This is your charging station. You know how much art is going to come out of this place? that is gonna have an effect on humanity? Say less, bro, send me the link. I'm sending my bread now. And when he did that, it was just like, oh man, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Because one thing I've learned in my journey in Los Angeles, you know, from DC to LA, well, DC to Iowa, to San Diego to LA, is I can call upon these people in this time because my character is good. It says a good name is better than rubies, it's better than riches. I can call because they say, oh, this brother is not for no games. He's not trying to swindle nobody. So that character that we talk about, you know, in this show, as we talk about that sometime here on the Stonehead Podcast, you want to make sure that you have a good name. Because I'm really calling on the character of my name that people can say, oh, this is a good dude. Let me help out. So that was just a beautiful thing, man. And when it started rolling, and when it started rolling, and then we got to, it was 1130. And we needed like 250 to bring us to the 45K. And boom, the 250 came in from the Johnsons. Nice. And, you know, it was 45 in 10 days, man. So I got a chance to exercise my faith. And we talk about on the Stonecutters podcast, cracking at the stone. And each call, I was cracking at that stone, cracking at that stone, cracking at that stone. Everybody didn't say, hey, I'm sending you something. 
Some people say, hey, man, it ain't the right time. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Other, you know, if it was another, under different circumstances, maybe I would have helped you. But I didn't stop with that no. I let that no be fuel to me to crack at that stone again. So each call, I'm just chipping away, 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 chipping away. Chipping away, chipping away. And so, boom, when it happened, I just had a moment of reflection, Aaron, because I've been in LA a long time. I've raised, you know, you've been around me. I've raised, try to raise money for different projects, and I will always get halfway. And got all And I knew something had changed in me when I got to the full amount. The full amount. I got to the full amount. And Aaron, to be honest with you, even more. I think we like over 10 grand more in the Congrats. middle of a pandemic. So hands up, man. You know what I'm saying? I surrender, you know? <laughs> so uh, that's where I'm at, brother. I mean, I'm feeling good about that. And, um, you know, I want to thank everybody who gave. There's so many people. Um, me and the wife are thinking about different ideas that we want to do. So when they come to the house, we got something special. For everybody that 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 game, you know what I mean. Okay. So it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be fire, you know. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to build a door and do some custom work, but it's gonna be killer. Nice. So, Will, mm -hmm. you were talking about something, and I wanted to touch on it, and it was mm -hmm. building your character. And we talk about it on the podcast, and it's really about with every action that you take, it's doing things the best that you can. Mm -hmm. and when it, whether it's reaching out to somebody for an introduction email or it's somebody that's been referred to you because they had a, a technical question or they had something that they wanted to ask you. When you meet somebody mm -hmm. on the street, and Will, this is, I know that this happens to you all the time. You meet somebody on the street and you, mm -hmm. you have a choice that you can make. You're tired. You just mm -hmm. talk to this person. You just talk to that person. But making the, the intentional choice to be your best self Mm -hmm. it, it just, all it does is that it lends to who you are as a person so that when you reach back out to somebody six months later, a year later, or two later, they still remember you from the few experiences that they may have had with you. So the better that you can make the experiences that you have with people around you, the better that you can make them, the easier it is it's going to be to develop who you are and who, what your identity is and what your brand is. Yeah, you know, I think it's just about being authentic, you know, and just treat people how you want to be treated. You never know when you're going to have to cross that bridge. And you might not be expecting to cross that bridge again. But it's beautiful when you can like how I can call on you, you know, because we have that relationship and it's reciprocal. And I think sometimes in life, we forget that people are doors and people are gates to get you to the next level. And we all need each other. And so when you lose sight of that in your hello and you, how you doing, you know, when you lose sight of that to the doorman, to the waiter, to the car salesman, uh, to the banker, when you lose sight of that and you're so consumed in your day, then you don't, you, you forget how to say the hello, how you doing? to smile, to brighten somebody's day up. All those things are an exchange. Everything is an exchange. So when you look at it that way, I always say, um, you know, when you meet me, you have to be changed. And I carry that with me. So if it's the doorman and he might not be having a good day or maybe having a great day, or I might not be having a good day, but I say, hello, man, how you doing? Everything cool? Yeah, man, it's cool. You know what, brother? 
man, keep on doing what you're doing, brother. I see you out there, and I ain't even know that he see me out there. You know, sometimes I remember going into an audition for Marvel, and, and the mailman came in to, that's his route, came in to deliver the mail. And he said, brother, I see you, brother. Look, brother, you a bad man. Go on in there and do your thing. Now, I went in there. I ain't get the audition. I mean, I auditioned. I ain't get the job. But at least he made me feel good before I went in there. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just about showing up, man, and uh, excellence and being good to each other. And how, like, it's so difficult sometimes where we are to be positive like that and to give and to try to affect people positively when everything around us mm-hmm. is negative or it's in a, it's in a bad space. So when you're that light and I remember, Will, we, we've talked about it before and you, I would just be like, Will, what are you? And you're just like, I'm the, I'm the beacon of light. I'm the light in the room, you know, bringing light and mm. using that metaphor again mm-hmm. right now. It's like when we're in it, we're in a place where it's really dark and there's darkness, like continuing to be that light and to continuing to, to draw that energy in to be as positive and to be as just authentically yourself, it actually, you remove the filter when you're, when you're authentically yourself, you mm-hmm. take that, you take that lampshade off of the light bulb and the light bulb now just shines in all yes. different directions. All different direction. And that's what it's about, man. Like you said, you know, we, we, end, we end times that proceed to be dark, but you know, I think about 20, 30 years from now, who knows what the world will be in, right? And then go back and listen to this podcast. And it could be darkness on the face of the earth. And one person can listen to the Stonecutters podcast and say, you know what? I'm going to take the lampshade off and I'm going to let my light shine. And that's what's been the beacon for both of us. People have shined in your life. You know, you shined in my life. And it's that motivation to keep going. Like when I told you, bro, I hit my goal. You was like, of course you did. You know what I mean? That confidence gives me more light. It gives me more joy. It gives me like, okay, I'm on the right path. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It's that check-in. So Will, you were talking about this Andre 3000 and Rick Rubin podcast. Did you get a chance to listen to it? Yeah, I did. I did. I loved it. I did. I did. Um, You know, um, I... I will, I guess we got to put it up here so our stonecutters can listen to it who have, who have not listened to it as of yet. But you, oh. Andre said something about, you know, being in isolation and, you know, the pressure of to create music, you know. Um, I heard him. But your, your gift should never suffocate you in a way where it brings you in isolation. So I think... We always have to know that the gift, that pressure on yourself, that you have to live up to someone's expectation. And I get what he was saying, too, with those who would listen to it. You know, you go from creating music out of your heart and out of the joy of doing it, and then you got everybody analyzing every single line where you like, man, I just want to create. I just want to do this. But that's the way it is. You know, it's like you got everybody analyzing every single movement that you make on screen. Was he in it? Was he not in it? Everybody analyzing, well, what did what did Aaron really mean about when he made this shoe? Aaron might just wanted to make the shoe. He might have thought, not thought about the buckle the way you thought about the buckle. And that makes art. So when I was listening to that, I wish that Rick Rubin would have kind of 
I wish I would have had that conversation with, with Andre because I felt like we could have went to another spiritual level in that conversation. Rick Rubin is Rick Rubin, legend, great, take nothing away from him, hats, hats off, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I felt like what Andre was trying to communicate to other artists, you have to really be an artist to pick up the frequency that he was saying. Okay. And I picked up the frequency. And I want to tell my brother, if he ever listens to this, when do he listens thing. to this. When he listens to this, do your thing, brother. Don't rob us of your gift. Don't rob us of, don't let the world isolate you where you also are scrutinizing your work. You know, be you, do your thing. Uh, we waiting on you. You know what I'm saying? Whenever you decide to drop, whatever you decide to do. But I do agree with him in certain areas. Like, you know, it's just to perform in a, in a, a swap meet or whatever that makes, you know, maybe the performance somewhere small where you can get that same feeling again, but it changes, you know? So that's for Andre 3000 for artists and people that are coming up right now that are afraid of mm-hmm. making things because they're afraid that it's going to be analyzed or overanalyzed. What sort of advice would you give them to like the same sort of advice that you would give to Andre? Is that the same sort of advice that you would give to somebody that was in the Catlett Academy? Well, the best advice my acting coach has given me was, who's Gary Imhoff, nobody cares. Stop caring about what people think. At the end of the day, if I want to throw paint on a wall and call that art, it's my art. So I'm not going to worry about people analyzing me to that point because everyone tries to fit you in some type of box. But your art may be in 2030 and then 2022, they're not going to be able to comprehend it. So I would tell that person that, you know, it's almost like this and I get it. I do get it. I'm getting ready to do my second class. I'm a little nervous. You know what I mean? Because if I think about the expectation, you think about, Oh, I got to follow up. It got to be better than the first one. You know, it got to be this, this, and that, you know, the camera's got to be better. The angles close, more closer shot. That's all good and everything. That's great. But if I focus on all of that, that clouds my mind to focus on what's the intention of why I'm doing it in the first place. Yes. And when you focus on the intention of why you're doing it in the first place, all that other stuff, analyzing, isolation, all that, it goes out the window. And I'm talking to myself right now. Because I've been thinking about that. I start shooting on Friday and I'm still building a lesson. I'm still getting the download. And then my mind is like, man, it got to be, I had to let go of that. What's the intention? What's the intention? And when you do that, hands up. Everybody not going to like what you do. That's one thing I learned for asking people for this, this money, you know, and this, this blessing that they gave me everybody's not going to say yes. Everybody's not going to agree with you. Everybody is not going to understand. I had some homies that we've been friends for years and they ain't get it. Didn't give nothing to me. Everybody can give something. You know, you saying this black ownership, we coming from renting to a mortgage. What you mean you can't give nothing, but everybody's not there. You got to love them through it. You can't worry about that. You got to go to the next door. So, all I say all that to say this, what is the intention? What are you doing? Why are you doing it? And if you can answer those questions for yourself, nothing else matters. I'm going to throw that back at you, good brother. I don't okay. know. I had, I had a lot to say. 
<laughs> did Stonecutters podcast. Uh, you can listen to us on all major streaming podcast platforms. Uh, if you have questions for the podcast, you can send us a question at uh, stonecutterspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find past episodes uh, and YouTube videos on our website, stonecutterspodcast.com. So, Will, what you were just saying there, I, I got a lot of parallels between that and our podcast. Because mm -hmm. when we started doing the podcast, we never compared the second episode to the first one. We never said the second episode has to be better than the first one. The third one has to be better than the second one. The fourth one has to be better than the third one. We did them because we had an intention and we had a vision. And mm -hmm. just like with you and your courses, I see them as complementary. Like one, mm -hmm. it's because it's like, I mean, we just finished watching The Last Dance. The Bulls mm -hmm. draft Michael Jordan. And then two years later, they draft Scottie Pippen. They mm -hmm. didn't draft Scottie Pippen thinking that he was going to be another Michael Jordan. They drafted Scottie Pippen thinking that he was going to complement Michael Jordan. They drafted Horace Grant because they knew that he was going to complement the people that were already around him. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep. And I thank you for saying that, uh, Aaron, because um, it gives me peace, you know? when you're putting something out into the world, and I get when you put something out into the world, let's not act like you don't want people to enjoy it. You don't want people to like it. You know, people, you know, they judge your, 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 your latest work and some people still in love with your old stuff and they're trying to keep you in that old box when you're trying to evolve to something new. But that's just the way it is, you know? So it's up to the artist. That's why we're called artists, to push below, to change the narrative, to create a new road to build a new building. That's who we are. That's what we're supposed to do. I'll never forget before you were at Nike and you were ripping that shoe apart, that shoe apart and you said, me tearing this shoe apart should make you think of a brand new idea, build something better, make a new watch. And when you said that at that time, I was like, wow, that's so profound. But when you're in your element, it should inspire someone to really maximize their element. We're on fire tonight, good brother. This is Stonecutters Podcast. Uh, you know, if you're just joining right now, we're talking about intention. We're talking about a whole lot of good stuff. <laughs> about Will is we talk about the full amount. Uh -huh. We bring in the full amount tonight. So, yeah. uh, Will, we were talking about this uh, earlier, and I wanted to, for, for people that are uh, watching it on YouTube, uh, what, I'm, yeah. what I'm bringing up to the screen right now is just a, it's a piece of paper and it's got a bunch of lines on it. And uh, Will, we've talked about it on, on a previous episode and it's called mm -hmm. ISRU, In-Situation Resource Utilization. And um, I follow Tom Sachs. He's an artist on Instagram and he started posting videos about like, how can we be creative in this space that we're in right now? And he's somebody that I look up to. He's a great artist and he's done a lot of really amazing things made cool stuff with Nike, all those different things. So he starts mm -hmm. posting these videos and he's like, hey, I want people to post their videos and I want people to show me what their workstation looks like and show me what their junk table looks like and show me when they put something together. So um, mm -hmm. I've been drawing these lines and every day I'm doing push-ups and I'm doing as many push-ups as I can to failure and then I'm drawing a line and I'm following a set of rules and I'm being consistent about it. And I put all these videos together of this line drawing and I posted it to Instagram and Tom Sachs liked it. 
and he posted a comment to it and that was validation. And we just talked about creating things and wanting validation for it. So, mm -hmm. well, I wanted to ask you a question. The equivalent person that I could think of in your realm would be somebody like a Denzel or Will Smith to come mm -hmm. and to validate the work that you're doing. What would that mean to you? Or if, it ha if, it, if it's already happened, like what does that mean to you to have somebody that you look up to and admire? What does that do to your psyche? What does that do to your ego when they say that you've done something good? Well, I'm a firm believer. If you live by people's opinion, you would die by their rejection. So I'm really not looking for Will Smith or Denzel to validate me or to give me a, an opinion about my art. But what I am looking for is a conversation to maybe they can say what I can do better or what they do like so that I can, you know, evolve to go beyond what they did. So like, for instance, I would love to have a conversation with Will Smith. How do you get your body together? How do you, you know, do these, you know, bad boys and I'm Legend and I think it was I Robot, right? You know, those type of movies that I want to do. What nuggets can you give me? Because you are at a place that I haven't reached yet. I would be looking more for a conversation like that. For Denzel, I'll be, I'll be looking more, I mean, listen, you know, tell me about how you blew up. How was it when every woman in the world wanted you? How was that, you know, in your marriage? You know, what, how was it raising kids? Because when they talk about stuff like that, by me just sitting and listening, I'm gonna gain a lot more wisdom and the art itself from them just speaking to me will cause me to be a better artist. So it's like, a lot of people come to me, well, how did you get started? Or uh, can you give me an advice? It's a good question. It's probably not the, the best question. You know, how's your day, man? I, you know, what's going on? How's the family? See, that's going to open me up to a whole other thing. Oh, the family's great. Family, well, what about you? And the way I'm talking to you, it's going to automatically begin to fall on you. You know what I'm saying? It's like when we talk. Birds of a feather flock together. We can talk about anything and what you're carrying and what you've been studying and what books you've been reading. And you talk about Tom Sachs, right? Yeah. Yes. Talk about Tom, Tom Sachs. And so by you just talking about Tom Sachs, it makes me want to be interested in him. It makes me want to say, man, who is this brother inspiring my brother like that? Who is this brother that's got me getting ready to draw lines on a paper and do push-ups until failure? You see what I'm saying? So it's, it's in that flow that I feel like you can get the most out of a conversation. I hope that answers the question. So I guess what I'm saying is that I'm trying not to, and there's been times in the past when you're looking for that, that validation. Um, I've reached a place and I might not always be there, but currently I'm not looking for that. And I'm training my mind to not look for that because then that, that person would kind of be holding my happiness or, if they say, you know what, you ain't all that good. If I take that in, then that's going to destroy me because they may feel like that. They may not. And what, what does it matter? You know, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think your boy Tom Sachs gets that. You know what I'm saying? He's doing what he wants to do. He decided to draw lines on the paper and say, I'll oh, keep going, keep going, keep going. He's reached a place in his craft where he's at a place, what I think, that he's totally free and whole in his craft 
you know, where he's like, this is what I want to do. This is the ideas that I'm doing. This is what I like. And people will like it too, because I like it. Woo, Stonecutters podcast. Aaron Hank is Will Catlett. Man. Mm-hmm. Thank you, man. So I'll, so my experience, and, and this is something that's just continuing to evolve. It's like when I made the film, I used a lot of uh, artistry that Tom Sachs has sort of brought into the mainstream. So I took a lot of the different, we talked about this before, like you sort of mimic the, the mm-hmm. artist that you mimic the artist that you're, that, that you, that you want to be like. So I did a lot mm-hmm. of that. And the minute that I released it, everybody's like, did Tom see it? Did Tom see it? Did Tom see it? And I'm like, well, you saw it and you said something great about it. So that is the validation that I needed. Somebody else says that Mm -hmm. they liked it. Somebody else that made them think about something differently. So without Tom ever having to see it, I've already, I already feel fulfilled about it. Mm -hmm. Now, when he does see it and he's like, man, this is great. I love this thing. Like Mm -hmm. now I'm kind of thinking like what you're saying where it's like, okay, like if you continue to like these things, like how can we have a discussion and how can I learn how becoming a father has made you a better artist? How can I Mm -hmm. learn how, you know, African music and black culture have such a, and black music has such an influence on your life. And he's a white artist from uh, upstate New York. So it's like, Mm -hmm. how is this person who lives in New York and, and listens to Fela Kuti and listens to, you know, public enemy and like, touts the that, he, that he's read you know malcolm x autobiography of malcolm x like he's read it multiple times and it's one of his required readings it's like i want to understand that aspect of of the artist mm-hmm. you know because it's like i'm starting to get to a point where like i want to create things and i want them to have a message beyond mm-hmm. just the the engineering of it or the the intricacies of it it's like how do we how do we put messages into the art you know Right, right, right. Now that's beautiful, but you know, the greats are looking for an understudy. They're looking for someone to pass the torch to or to give the knowledge and the wisdom and the visions. Um, so what you're doing is great because you know, it's no coincidence that, you know, you you're on this time kick right now and you don't know what time is praying about. You don't know what time is thinking about. You don't know what time is like, man, I just you know, I need somebody who just see it like how I see it. This could be in his private prayer, which is echoing and you're picking up on that signal like, man, this shoe affected me. I got to dry. I got to do something. I got to create something. And um, like you were saying, the guys liked it. I loved it. And whether we liked it or not, you liked it. Give yourself, I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to our stonecutters, I'm talking to myself. Give yourself room to validate yourself. That's what we have to do as artists. I liked it. It's good enough. It's good enough. Now, if the icing on the cakes come, where they're saying, ooh, bro, that's dope. How you did the buckles with the shoe. How you did this. How you did that. Tom Sachs cosign. That's great. Jay-Z cosign. That's great. That's all great. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It is nothing wrong with, with basking in that glory. That's awesome. But the intention was you like something that Tom did, and you took it to another level. And that was it. That's it. And when you do that, you can be free because if not, then secretly we look for the validation. And what it does is 
it puts barriers on the art. So the art can't grow as much as it wants to grow. And art is always patient with the artist. So what it too, whenever you're ready, I'll be right here. Whenever you're really ready to stroke that stroke like you're supposed to, I'll be right here. It's not quite right yet because you're still caring about what people think. But maybe 10 years from now, I'll wait. You know what I'm saying? That's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you, man. I hear you. You know saying. what I mean? <laughs> it's, here's another analogy. It's like, I'm thinking about building a house and it's like, there are two sides. I mean, there's, there's two aspects to a house. There's the exterior, what people see, and there's the interior, what you live in, right? So mm -hmm. if I want to build a house and I'm building a house for me and I'm building a house for my family, what you see on the outside is your interpretation of what it's like on the inside. When we're, mm -hmm. we're living on the inside, we designed it the way that we want it and we like it. So we, whatever it is on the inside, you probably won't even see it, but we love it. You mm -hmm. see the outside, you're like, I don't like the way that that looks. And I open the door up and I'm like, I don't care because it looks great in here and it has everything that I need and it's, and it's done the way that I want it to be done. Mm -hmm. and, and you could take that same house analogy and put that to any sort of piece of art. You feel, yeah. you feel good about it, whether the external people give you the feedback that you're actually looking for it's something that you've already you've already accepted and it's like i like it so you gotta yeah. love it. you gotta love it you gotta love it it's like driving a car you can be driving a bentley you really don't see the outside of that bentley because you live in the inside of that bentley you're remembering the outside and you're remembering the thoughts of people how they look when they look and you look at the car when you're driving by but you don't see that because you're in the inside of the car. The inside is where the gold is. The outside is for the world to see. Woo, <laughs> 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 Stone Cutters podcast. All right, Will, so we're gonna wrap up this episode. Mm -hmm. um, man, we talked about a lot of different things. I feel great, you gave me some energy, you know, like the light is shining. Um, uh, so, so you, you closed escrow, you packing up. Not yet. Not, not yet. I'm packing up. I'm packing up. Oh. See, <laughs> getting a house is, is, is it's a, it's a it's, major life. It's a major life goal. And it's also like, they say that, um, in terms of like stress, there's moving, there's getting married and there's having a baby. So it's a good thing you didn't try to do all those things you know, all at the, all in the same year. So yeah, it's just, you know, it's escrow is, um, it's like a, a prelim, you know what I mean? It's like, like the, the, the game before the game It's just enough to get you in the game, but you got to wait to the bank. does this, the bank does that. But we people of faith, my wife and myself and the baby. Um, and we know everything is going to work out. We just on their time at this point. We good. We got, you know, we got the bread. We straight. I'm saying so and we like this we moving out of here regardless so if you know things gonna go through like they're gonna go through but in the event that we gotta you know detour switch it up we yeah. gone man the things is packed up we got our boxes we gonna hire some movers to come in here we get a maid to come in here to uh clean up everything before we leave and we don't go on about our business man so i'm excited but i'm believing on the day that i shoot the podcast the day that we'll solidify everything so that we can be out by the first of june that's what that that would be ideal 
for me. You know what I'm saying? So okay. I'm ready to get going, man. I'm ready to get going. I can't wait to show you the crib. I can't wait to see you see what I do with the garage. I can't wait for the first movie that I shoot in the garage. It's on. <laughs> I'm fired up. I know. I'm about to go get my six rings, maybe seven. <laughs> Jordan and them would have got seven rings, man. Straight up. You think so? Yeah. Jordan was a different dude, man. He like when they say he was the alpha of alphas, he was a different dude, man. And we and that's another thing with art and legacy and things that we're talking about in Tom Sachs and passing on. We have to take a piece of Jordan's DNA and we have to inject it in us. Because he has something special and he's, you know, he's an older, you know, man now and done with ball and still probably operating in that on his own business ventures. But as far as that, that inner will and that second, third, fourth gear to know to, to win at all costs, as artists, you need that. And doing this process, I'm like, yeah, it's in me. And if it wasn't in me, it's in me now. <laughs> this is Stonecutters Podcast. Will Catlett. Aaron Higgins, we out.